need to hear. That's a song that can set us free if we will allow it. We have all been made clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's only through Him and in Him that we are able to be clean. Did you hear me, church? It is only through Him and in Him that we are able to be made clean. And uh, I don't think Sister Dawn knew she didn't pick that song because of what I'm preaching on today, but it goes right hand in hand with what I have to speak on today. Now listen, your pastor is going to be doing some teaching today. So if you want to take out your pen or pencil, okay, and take some notes down. Now there'll be some preaching in it. You know I'll get excited. But this is a message that I need everyone to hear that's in this house. This is a message that's for the believer and the unbeliever alike. Because when the unbeliever comes to know Jesus Christ, they will need to know this as well. They will need to be able to hear this. I did forget one announcement. If you have candy, please make sure you drop it all for our Christmas parade that we have coming up. Make sure that gets back there to the back and we will make sure that gets in the Christmas parade. But today, God has placed a message on my heart that is a message that not everybody will understand because just like the book we're about to read out of, there has been sometimes that we have been taught a different way within our churches. Do you know that sometimes we let our preference of how we interpret Scripture change how we feel about how things should be? But we as people that believe that the Scripture is infallible and that it's true and that it's everything that we need, we will see what the Scripture has to say today. I want to ask you a question today. After being saved, has there been some days that you have felt not saved? After being saved and knowing Jesus Christ, has there been days where you felt as far as away from Jesus as you could feel? Are there some times that you feel like there's nothing else left that you can do to get closer to Jesus? Because you feel like you've tried everything. You feel like you've read Scripture, that you've prayed, and it just feels like you cannot achieve Christianity, that you cannot make this walk with Jesus. If I'm being honest in this house, I have been there before too and I've walked away from the church. Because I thought that I either needed to be so on fire or I needed to be a hypocrite and get out of the church. Because I did not want to be a hypocrite. I thought I needed to flee the church. But I want you to know something. Jesus Christ in His saving power is a lot larger than what we realize. His sacrifice on Calvary is worth more than we can ever fathom in this lifetime. So I want to preach to you today a simple message, if you're writing things down, called Resting in Jesus. Resting in Jesus. The word resting that I'm using today is not the lazy term of resting. It's not just laying back and doing nothing, but it's resting in knowing that you can be in Jesus. There's a difference in laziness and resting. 
But resting is knowing what the Word of God has to say. And I want us to first turn to Galatians chapter 3 and verse 1. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 1. And as you're turning there, just want to kind of give you a setup of what's going on with the Galatians. The Galatians are in modern day Turkey. And there was an apostle that came through along with other people that was teaching contrary to what the Word of God or what Jesus had taught through His Gospel at the time. And the disciple who was teaching other things at this time, believe it or not, was Peter. In the previous chapter, Paul said that he had to confront Peter about the problem. Now Peter goes on to recant some of his beliefs that he has taught and really preach the Gospel. But let us look and see what Paul is saying to the Galatian church. You foolish Galatians, who has cast a spell or bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? I only want to learn this from you. Now listen to this. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning by the Spirit, are you now finishing by the flesh? Jesus, I pray that this Word will go forth today in the way that it needs to. Lord, I pray that we're able to take in exactly what you would have for us today. Let us not, let us not mix words. Let us get the trueness of the gospel out there the way it needs to be. Lord, give me the anointing that makes preaching and teaching effective. And we'll thank you for what you do. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Galatians, the whole book of Galatians is to clarify the true gospel of Jesus Christ. If you read Galatians from the first chapter to the last, you'll see what the gospel is truly about. We see here that Paul was just blunt with them and said, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Who has pulled the wool over your eyes to finish something in the flesh that the Spirit of God started in you? I want you to hear me in this house. We are saved through God. It is by Him that we are saved. We are called unto Him by the Holy Ghost. And I want us to continue to look and see what He was saying right here. I want to ask us this question. Have we been bewitched by a workspace gospel within this church? Within the churches of this area? Within the churches of America? Have we been bewitched to feel like that we can keep ourselves saved? I need you to hear me today, and I'm preaching exactly what our doctrine in the IPHC preaches as well. You cannot keep yourself saved. You, within your own power, cannot stand righteous before a holy God. You within yourself cannot truly make it day after day after day in your own righteousness. But what we have taught is a doctrine almost within Pentecostal churches too. A doctrine of perfection. 
that what we do equals out to if we are saved or not. Now listen, I am not teaching easy believism. But what I am teaching is resting in the saving knowledge of who you are and whose you are. Because what happens is that along the way something comes along and we feel like that our salvation is based upon what we do. When the Reformation happened in 1507, 1517, I'm sorry about that, 1517, it was because of one big thing. Because the Catholic Church was preaching that you were saved with the gospel and works. They were teaching that indulgences is what saved you too. And that what you did here on this earth is what got you closer to heaven. That's a false gospel. That is a false gospel. We see Paul specifically saying here, Galatians, what has made you become bewitched? What has fooled you? I want to ask you this question too. Have we taught this type of gospel to others? Have we as people taught we are saved by what we do, but not by who we serve? Because I pray that we have not. We wonder why sometimes within the Pentecostal church, people come in, they get saved, and they feel like they can't achieve it, and they leave. And they feel like they cannot go to church because they feel like they cannot walk the standard. I need you to listen to me. You can't walk the standard. The law that was given to us in the Old Testament, it was given to us as a mirror to show us how sinful we were. It was to show us that we would never be able to achieve it. But through the gospel of Jesus Christ, when Jesus came, He fulfilled the law. He was the one that made it to where we didn't have to live by that law anymore, but that we could live in Him but to die to ourselves. I hope you're grabbing this today. I know this is for someone in this house. There's someone in here that struggles. That you say, I've got to rededicate my life again. I've got to rededicate my life again. I've got to go to the altar. When I was a youth pastor, I had kids every week that came to give their life to Jesus Christ. And I finally had to pull them to the side and I said, quit. They're like, Pastor Mike, I really mean it this time. I said, listen, do you not believe that the Jesus you called on last week is big enough to keep you saved for one week? Yeah. But I messed up. I said, His grace is sufficient. But, but, but I don't want to take advantage of it. I said, are you living in habitual open sin? No. I yelled at my mom. And I'm like, just because you yelled at your mom does not mean that you are in a backslidden state. Is there a such thing as backsliding? Yes. But a backslidden state is a lot harder to achieve than what we've preached at times. We have taught that it's easy to backslide. I want you to know something. When you come into a union with Jesus Christ, He holds on to you. When you come into a union with Jesus Christ, He doesn't let you become like a yo-yo. Some of us are living in yo-yo Christianity. 
We feel like he's holding us and then he drops us. Then he picks us up again and then he drops us. Guess what? Our Jesus doesn't have butterfingers. And some of us act like he does. He doesn't drop us and forget us. Do you know when conviction's upon your heart, God's working on you? When conviction is still there, you are still connected. I tell you the dangerous times when you don't feel conviction anymore. When you have conviction upon your heart, you are still in union with a Jesus who loves you and that has a plan for you. We have people that are out in their homes today. And if you're listening to me today via Facebook, if you're at home and you're saying, there's just no way I can measure up. I gave my life to Jesus Christ just a couple of months ago and it just doesn't seem like I can do this. You can't. Get on back in church. Because guess what? I messed up last week. Sister Retta messed up last week. My wife messed up last week. All of us have messed up. None of us deserves salvation. But it is through Him that He made it possible for us. I want us to go back and look at Galatians chapter 2. And there's three things that I'm going to really focus on today. Three specific things if you want to write them down. Number one, resting is surrendering. Resting is surrendering. Number two, resting is steady. Resting is steady. And last but not least, resting is sufficient. Resting is sufficient. I want us to go to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 19. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 19. And it says in that scripture, For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself, what? For me. Now listen to this scripture. I need you to hear this. I need you to circle this. I need you to know this. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ Died for nothing. Did you hear that church? I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law. Then Christ died for nothing. Because if it is the law that saves us. Then we should still be burning goats. And bulls. But if it is Christ that saves us, it is His sufficient sacrifice that when we were dead, that should let us know that we are saved in Him. We see right here that Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives within me. Well, how can you rest? Surrender. Bow your knee to Him. Is that works? No. <laughs> that is giving up. Some of you need to give up. Some of you need to quit trying to do this thing on your own. Some of you need to bend your knee to Jesus Christ and say, I can't do this anymore. 
I've tried and I've strived and I've tried to make it right. I, I lived a holy life. I want you to hear me. If works gets you into heaven, then the sacrifice doesn't matter. So I want to make this plain. There are people that are living outside of these walls that are living a good life. Haven't you heard people say, well, they don't know Jesus, but they are a good person. They treat people well. They have integrity. They have honor. But there's going to be people that have integrity and honor that will bust hell wide open. What do you mean, Pastor? How can that happen? How could a loving God allow that to happen? Because it says in the Word, the only way to the Father is through Jesus. And to get to Him is through that. So how do we do that? The only way that we can rest is if we have surrendered. God, you have all of me. I'm crucified and you live. I'm crucified. I can't do this anymore. I'm crucified. I'm resting in your righteousness. Amen. Do you know that when we rest in his righteousness, I'm trying to preach happy somebody in this house. This has made me happy this week knowing this. If we live in his righteousness, our lives begin to change and we have righteousness flowing through us. Pastor Mike, how does that happen? Is that magic? No, it's not magic. It's spiritual. Because the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, when you are surrendered, if you will allow Him every day to work through you, you'll start living like Christ. But if you try to live like Christ on your own, you're going to fail. There's only one man that's been perfect. He was part man and part God. Fully. Together. All. And we see that. Now I want us to look what it means to rest in resting is steady. Do you know what the definition of steady basically means? And I looked this up on Webster. It means firmly fixed, supported, or bonded, not shaking or moving. Did you hear that? Firmly fixed, supported, bond together, not shaking or moving. I want you to hear me. Some of you need that type of salvation to where you're firmly fixed upon Jesus Christ and not the winds and the waves of this world that tell you contrary to what He's trying to do in your life. He's trying to make you steady. Well, how does He do that, Pastor Mike? Well, let's listen to Paul again. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. And if you're writing these verses down, we're getting a little nerdy today, okay? But I'm going to explain these nerdy words to you that some of you might not understand. I'm going to make it plain. But if you want to write some of these nerdy words down, go ahead and I will make it to where you understand it. Galatians chapter 2, verse 1. Galatians chapter 2, verse 1. No, I mean Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. I am sorry, everyone. If you went to Galatians chapter 2, verse 1, you'd be in the wrong place. I know, I messed it up, didn't I? It ain't the first time that I'm going to lead you down the wrong Scripture every once in a while. Let's look. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously lived according to the ways of the world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. 
We too all, I want you to hear that word all, previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and we were by nature children under wrath, as the others were also. I want us to stop right there. What is that saying? That we were dead. That we were dead in our sin. That before we knew Jesus, there was nothing good in us. That we were dead not knowing who God was. Even if we did want to know who God was, we couldn't at the time because the Holy Spirit had not pulled us unto salvation. We were dead in sin and we did whatever the nature of who we were was used to. What does that mean? That means when we were dead, we act like dead men and women. We acted to our own selfish desires. What does that mean? It means that we were depraved. What does depraved mean? That means nothing good in us at all. But I was a cute baby. Well, that's great. But you were sinful. You were born into iniquity. And there was nothing good in you that could have helped you along the way. It was through Jesus Christ. And we're going to continue to see this right here. I love this. But God. Amen. Who is rich in mercy because of His great love that He had for us made us alive with Christ even though we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by what? Grace. He also raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavens in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages He might display the immeasurable riches of His grace through His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace through faith and this is not for yourselves. It is, a, it is God's gift not from works so that no one can boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. So let's get this right. We have to understand this to understand the steadiness of it. We were dead. Correct? And then what did He do? By His great mercy, by His loving mercy, He made us alive in Him. I want you to hear me. This is what makes me want to shout. You ready for this? When He saved me, He didn't look at my qualifications. When He saved me, He didn't see the mess that I was standing in. When He saved me, He saved me, mess and all, and He took the mess and saved me and made me new. Because it says in the Word that we are no longer the old man, that the old man has been buried, and we are a new creation in Christ. Pastor, what does that mean? That means it's a lot harder for a person who, now catch this before you fall away from this, hold on. It's a lot harder for a person who was once dead and brought alive in Jesus to die again so soon. Did you hear me? 
If Jesus is the one that brought you from death into life in Him, do you feel like that one mess up is going to kill you? Because He is the one that's alive inside of you. So what does that mean? Here comes the nerdy words. You ready for the nerdy words? The first thing that we must understand in being steady is that we were dead to sin. The second thing is that we went by our nature, the fleshly desires. But then the Holy Ghost, in the midst of where we are, here's a big word. You ready for it? Regeneration came. What does regeneration mean, Pastor? That means He took a heart that was made of stone and turned it into flesh. Before we even called upon His name, He took and did surgery upon our heart. Now this all happens simultaneously, but it's a separation. I need you to hear me. He takes this hardened heart and He makes it into flesh. How can that be done? Only through Him. When the Holy Ghost calls upon us and we give our life to Him, it is only through that regeneration that we can come to that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You can't do it on your own. No matter how much you love hearing the music, no matter what happens, you're not going to come running down here on your own accord. Something happens inside of you. I remember when I got saved, they were playing the song, Just as I am without one plea. And I saw my friends go down, and I said, I'll maybe go down next week. And it got to the third verse, and my heart was hurting. A good kind of hurry. I was like, I'm feeling. I don't want to feel. You know, I, I felt compassion. I felt something coming over me. I knew something was changing inside of me. And it's through that I felt the pull and the call. And I said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm coming after you. I know that it's you. I know it's not just because Billy or Susie is down in that altar, but I know you have made me alive in you. You have regenerated me. And then here's the next word that happens. Salvation comes. He saves us. We're regenerated, then He saves us. He saves us from death, hell, and the grave. He saves us completely. He doesn't do a halfway job. I need you to hear that. When Jesus saves you, He saves you. When He saves you, He does it completely. He doesn't just do phases of salvation. He saves you completely. Amen. Then after that, there's something that happens and it makes me so happy and it talks about it here in the Scripture. He justifies us. Yeah. Do you know what justifying means or justification? Get ready for this. Y'all need to be getting happy about this. I know this is nerdy time, but I need you to get happy. Justification is saying this, that our righteousness is not going to add up. <laughs> but God the Father places the righteousness of Jesus Christ within us. That when the Father sees us, He still sees us, but He sees the righteousness of His Son in us. So that where we could not achieve righteousness, we are justified in Him. Okay, to make it plain for you. Say you're at court. Say you done beat somebody up. And I'm not going to say anybody's name. 
But say you beat somebody up with a baseball bat. And you're in court. And you know you're about to be sentenced. Well, there's a person that stands up and says, I will take their place. I will take their sentence. Well, that ain't going to happen today. But there was someone that, when you were in sin, took your place. When you were dead to your sin, took your place. And he said, I will take your sin and I will let my righteousness be applied to their life. My goodness, I don't know if that makes you happy, but that makes me happy because I am right in the sight of Almighty God because of His Son. I am right in the sight of Almighty God because of what the sacrifice meant. He was the propitiation. Do you know what that means? He took everything upon Him. All my hurts and all my worries and all my pain and all my deadness. But there's something else that happens. Y'all ready for this? He sanctifies us. So he does all that, Pastor. He regenerates us. He makes us new. Then he saves us. And then what he justifies us. And then he sanctifies us. Yes. Because he doesn't want to just halfway get you there. Has anybody ever shopped at dirt cheap before? I love dirt cheap. Sometimes you will find a coffee maker without the coffee maker. It'll just be the coffee pot. Sometimes you'll see the coffee maker without the coffee pot. And guess what? You get crazy deals like that. But God is not selling us as dirt cheap. He has bought us. And if He has bought us with a price, He's going to buy us completely. Somebody needs to hear that in this house, on this podcast, or on this Facebook Live. He has purchased you. And if He has purchased you, He's going to fulfill everything that this Scripture has said. Resting is steady. Do you understand the steadiness now of God? That there is a whole process to our salvation that He showed in Scripture. Pastor Mike, that's a bunch of words. You don't have to know all those words. I just told you what they meant. Just know that He saved you. Just know that He did the complete work. That's why when He said it was finished, that everything was done. Amen? Amen? That's how great it is. And it's through that sanctification we see right here. Is that so that in the coming ages He might display the immeasurable riches of His grace through His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace through faith. And it's through... It's not for yourselves, it's God's gift, not from works so that no one can boast. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Pastor Mike, doesn't that contradict the following verse? No, it doesn't. You're not saved by works. (laughs) But if you're saved, works is going to come flowing out of your heart. (laughs) You know why? Here we go again. Because we're regenerated. 
We're saved. We're justified. We're sanctified. We're regenerated. We're saved. We're justified. We're sanctified. So if God has done all of that, we'll want to live for Him. Not, be, not out of our own nature, but because of Christ that's in us, the hope of glory. So when you're feeling down and you feel like you're not saved, you still are. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I need you to hear this right this minute. You still are. And that's just the old nature trying to come back. But you need to tell that old nature that you've been made alive in Him. Amen. Through Him. You need to let that old nature know that it does not control you anymore. Because the flesh will try to come back to try to get you to do Christianity through it. Well, Pastor Mike, how, how does that happen? Look at the Sanhedrin. The Jewish people, the Israeli people, at one time the Pharisees and the Sadducees were some of the utmost respected people in that land. But then flesh got involved. And it became a den of vipers, as Jesus would say. It became a whitewashed sepulcher. It became a place that was no longer living by God, but living to what they feel like they could achieve in themselves to God. My wife has always told me this, and this is the truth. If you're living in the flesh, you're living a religion. Because here's the deal. Religion is man's attempt to get to God. But Christianity is God's attempt to get to man. Because in religion, you can achieve and try and do and do and do. But it's in Christianity that God comes to man. Are you hearing this today? Is it becoming plain? Is it becoming something that you can run with? I know that I'm almost done here. I'm getting close to the end. Can someone say hallelujah? Hallelujah, because your pastor can talk a long time. But last but not least, Sister Retta, if you'll come up this way. Resting is sufficient. I'll even give you the scripture if you want to give it before you come this way. Colossians 1, 15 through 20. Colossians 1, 15 through 20. If you want to turn there, this is Paul speaking again. Pastor Mike, you're giving a lot of scripture because I want you to hear the word of God this morning. This is what it says about Jesus. This is the centrality of Christ. What does centrality mean? I'll make it very simple. That He's everything. And that our focus is completely on Him. So this is what it says. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. You got that so far? For everything was created by Him in heavens and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and what? For Him. He is before all things and by Him all things hold together. I need you to remember that. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead so that He might come to have first place in everything. Did you hear that? That's surrendering also. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him and through Him to reconcile 
everything to Himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. My goodness, I could just preach from that. Resting is sufficient. I'm going to make it plain. You ready? We'll bring it all together. If He began the work, He's going to see it through. You hear me? If Jesus began the work in your life, He's not going to just say, well, He's going to see it through. He is going to make sure that it's complete. What does that mean? I need you to hear me. I'm not teaching another doctrine. I'm not teaching once saved, always saved. I need you to hear me. But what I am teaching is the keeping power of Jesus. What does that mean? You can't run away from it. Because He's going to catch up with you. Because He says in the Word that He never leaves us nor forsakes us. So if He is the centrality of what we believe, If He's everything, the beginning, the end, and if He holds all things together, guess what, Sister Kay? He's got us. His resume is impeccable. His resume can't be outdone. His resume tells us that we within ourselves are not sufficient, but He is all sufficient. Well, how does that come back to resting in Jesus? Quit working in yourself, but rest in Him. And I'm telling you, I need you to hear me, you will feel a closeness to Jesus like you've never felt before. It's like with my wife. I trust her. I bet her she's my wife. But I trust that she has every good intention Everything to see through that this marriage is going to be completed till the day we die. That she is there, that she loves me. And Jesus is the same way. He has every intention of seeing you through it. And the good thing is, I wake up in the morning not scared that she has stabbed me throughout the night. Jody has not hurt me or killed me or smothered me. I know there's been some nights she's had to pray. Because she is not God. But you know, if you can go to bed at night understanding the sufficiency of Christ and wake up knowing it too, you can rest. Have you ever had one of those days where you just you felt great and you were just resting and you were just in that recliner and nothing felt better and everything seemed right in the world? Spiritually, He's not telling us to be lazy, but He's telling us to rest. We can't do it. I need you to hear me. We can't do it. And if we continue to try to do it, we're going to be frustrated. Every head bowed and every eye closed in this house. If you're in this house and say, Pastor Mike, I want to know who this Jesus is that you're talking about. I want to know Him. I need to know 
My heart's breaking right now. I need to give my life to Jesus. I'm tired of playing the game. I'm tired of going through life the same way over and over again. I need Him. He's here today. He's here to save you. He's here to do that whole list of things that I just said. But it's only through Him. His heart is speaking to you. If you're in here, He's pulling you by the Holy Ghost at this time. He's speaking to your heart. And if you want to know who Jesus is, if you want to give your life to Him, I want you to stand up right where you are. Don't worry about anything else. If you're in here, you can say, Pastor Mike, I want to give my life to Jesus. All right, I want to ask you this question. And then we're about to close. If you're in here and you say, Pastor Mike, I have struggled over and over and over again with my salvation. No one's looking around me. And it just seems like I haven't rested completely in Him. I feel like one day I'm saved, one day I'm not. It feels like that I'm not able to do this very thing that's called this Christian walk. But today I'm placing myself in His restful arms. I'm placing myself into His arms. I'm not going to squirm. I'm going to believe if that's you. I want you to raise your hand. No one's looking around if that's you, if you say, I need to trust that, raise your hand high. Don't worry, no one's looking. God sees those hands. This is what I want us to do. We're not going to do a display today of coming down to the altar. The altar is right where you are, right this very minute. If you want to turn around in your seat, if you want to sit there, right there the way you are, I want you to pray everyone this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, let me rest in your salvation. Let me understand that it's by You that I am saved and not through me. Let me put my trust in Your sufficiency and not my own. I thank You, Lord, for what You're going to do. In Jesus' name. Sister Retta, will you sing this chorus if you know it? Yes, Jesus. Let's sing that together if we can, if you know it. Jesus paid it all. Stand to your feet. And I want, you, I want to read this to you out of Jude. Jude only has one chapter. Jude and the 24th verse. And then I'm going to pray a blessing over you. This is what Jude says. You ready for it? Now to Him who is able to protect you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of His glory without blemish and with great joy to the only God our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord be glory majesty, power, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen.
He's able to keep you. Do you hear me? He's able to keep you. If you believe it. Amen. Raise your hands to the heavens and we're going to bless you as you go out today. Lord, I pray that you bless them and keep them, Jesus. Lord, I just feel in my spirit that we're not all supposed to come to the altar today. They're supposed to make an altar in their house this afternoon. And I know you're going to do that in them. Lord, I pray that they will be able to look at this scripture. They'll be able to run with it. Trust that he is able to do all these things. And Lord, I pray that you will give them the opportunity to share the gospel this morning. And Lord, we thank you for everything that you're going to do in their life. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed in the name of the Lord.